Welcome to Shit Show of My 20s. My name's Sophia. I'm so glad you're here. I'm a 20-year-old from LA, and I started this podcast back in April after getting furloughed from my job for 10 weeks. I realized during those 10 weeks, I could do absolutely nothing and sit on the couch and eat ice cream, or I could do one of the projects I've been wanting to do but have been pushing off for the longest time. I've been wanting to start a podcast for a while, but I've been pushing it off, pushing it off till when I felt ready, when I felt good enough, when I felt like my story was good enough or when I felt comfortable in front of a camera or, or talking to people. And I realized that that moment was really truly never going to come. I was never going to feel ready enough. I was never going to feel good enough and that I just had to create that experience and just step out there. And I just recorded and I recorded before I was ready. I recorded before I felt comfortable. And I remember the first interview shaking before and then the feeling afterwards after having the conversation with her. And I realized how much of these stories I built up in my head about how it was going to be or how I wasn't prepared or whatever. And when I was just present in that interview, I learned so much and I realized I want to do this again. So I did it again and again. And since April, I've interviewed over 90 people, heard so many incredible stories about love, heartbreak, career, success, so many good things. And if there's something that I hope that you guys get from this podcast, it's that you're never going to feel ready and that if it excites you and it kind of scares you at the same time, maybe you should do it. Maybe you should try it and see what happens. So I would love if you guys could help share this podcast, share it with someone you think will love it, and leave a review. So that's pretty much it. Today's guest is Veronica. I love chatting with her. She's such a light and she's so fun to talk with. And it's so incredible her journey coming from the US, coming here. And working at Joe's Crab Shack, being in a hotel with like six other people to manifesting this marketing job and having a bunch of money come in, but having it feel unaligned and feeling like she was called for more. And ever since she was little, she always wanted to be a healer. And we talk about going back to that place of when you were younger, before the world told you who you had to be. What did you want? What do you want to be? What do you want to be when you grow up? And going back to that place... We talk about childhood trauma and how to fall in love with yourself, her 30 days of healing challenge, and so much more. So let's get started. So thank you so much, Veronica, for joining me today. I'm really looking forward to getting to know you. I'd love to know about your story. Tell me about your background. Tell me whatever place you feel like your story really starts, whatever place resonates with you. Start from there. So my name is Veronica. I'm a soul healer and wellness coach. My journey had started in Moldova, which is a small country the size of Maryland State. I grew up in a small village. I was lucky enough to have every meal made from scratch. Every produce was literally grown in my garden. We had all the chickens and ducks and cow and pig. Anything you can think of, we had it except the horse. We didn't have that. So growing up in that environment, having access to like freshly grown food, I never realized how lucky I was until I came to America. Aside from that, I grew up in a very impoverished, I would say, environment. It was also during the communism. So the amount of control and suppression was more than I can ever explain. So 
when I say poverty, I mean like if you had, if you owned a car per house, you were very wealthy, which is a great thing, right? Because you get to walk everywhere. So I didn't grow up th- seeing fat kids in school. I mean, once you have a several kids and you cook and this and that, you might gain some weight. But in elementary school, high school, college, I've never seen somebody overweight because you're constantly walking. You're eating food that is 80% vegetables. We have a lot of soups and stews. So the food is extremely healthy. And aside from that, one of the main things that I took from my childhood is that growing up in that difficult environment, having to work as a kid all the time, not having a single vacation, and having access only to a couple of hours in the evening to do my homework. And my parents are professors, so I had no choice but getting straight A's, otherwise I would get punished. That influenced my work ethic, the way I show up in the world, and I'm beyond grateful. Even though as a kid, I found it to be very controlling and painful, and I felt like I was born in the wrong place. Now I realize what a gift that was because the amount of discipline, the amount of appreciation I have for things, for people. I mean, every day I express gratitude for my home, for my car, for the delicious food. There are small things that we take for granted because we have it. And having that in my childhood, growing up with not having clothes, not having a pair of new shoes until my old ones had holes and the water would go in. That's when I was able to get a new pair of shoes. Otherwise, there was no point. Same thing with clothes. Like I always dream having clothes and just being able to want something and go to the store and buy it. There was no such thing. We're wanting some dessert as a kid and having my mom buy it for me. The answer 90% of the time was a no. So there were some good parts about them. There were some bad parts because the emotional trauma, I had to make it up for it and find solutions my whole life to heal those wounds. But what I got from it is great discipline and appreciation for things that I have. There are very few things that truly shaped my life and my childhood. And the reason I'm sharing this is because it's very different than somebody growing up in America where if there's a dream... If you have a passion, there's nothing standing in the way. Growing up in a third world country is very different because it doesn't matter what dream you have, unless you're born in that family with that wealth, it's almost impossible to break that pattern. So my goal, my whole childhood and teenage years and college was to immerse myself in books, study as much as I can so I can run away and build a beautiful life for myself. I just never knew it was going to be America, but I'm glad I came here because for the first time I felt free and I felt like home. And I felt like this is the place that any dream can come true if you work at it. So that's in a nutshell, my story. (laughs) And when did you come to the U.S.? I came to US after college, I think it was 2000, end of 2006. And I didn't speak any English. I studied French and Russian in school. I just learned a few phrases and I just picked it up from people. 
And within a few months, I was already working in marketing. So I really immersed myself and surrounded myself with only Americans so I can learn and immerse myself in the culture. Because in my humble opinion, when you go to a place, the first thing that you need to do is learn the language. Because if you don't do that, then how are you going to succeed? How are you going to build a life for yourself? And I see other communities, like they're come to America and they still stay in their little community speaking their foreign language. And they put very little effort into learning English. And to me, I see that as a slap in the face. Like you move to this country, appreciate it, honor it, learn the language, learn the culture, treat it like it's your home. And that's what I did. And I'd love to go for you to go into that shift from growing up, having, you know, barely enough to where you are now and being in abundance. Where was that transformation like? And when did you start to tap into abundance? Well, when I first moved to US, I was like mildly out of the jungle. <laughs> like everything seemed amazing. At that time, I got married to this amazing guy and his mom took us to, or his family took us to Disneyland. And we were there for Christmas and just seeing the amount of lights and rides and all this beauty, like stuff that I would only see in movies. I remember one evening we were by the fireplace and I told my um, ex-mother-in-law that this was the only and the best vacation I could ever dreamed of. And she started crying because for them, it's like they were taking vacations all the time. It didn't seem like a big deal for me. It was like, what did I do to deserve this? You know, the simple things that a lot of people take for granted for me was like, wow, not only am I on vacation that I don't have to work, I get to experience all these amazing things. The true transition began because I I had immersed myself into the life and I got into business and I was doing really well. I was in marketing for a while and then I moved to Los Angeles to pursue acting because I thought that was my dream at that time. So business-wise, success-wise, it was really great. What I didn't realize until I got into a destructive relationship is that subconsciously, I was still craving that pain, that poverty mentality, the destructive thing that I went through in my childhood. So one thing I didn't mention is when I was eight, I was sexually abused and I did a very great job my entire life keeping that as a secret, thinking that nobody could ever get to it. The difficult part about it was that I wasn't letting anybody close to me because I figured if they get close enough, they will find out what happened to me and they're going to hate me for it. I took that as something that I deserved I took that as something that I, I did something to deserve that, right? Like it was my fault. I never put the fault on the other person. So that was very self-destructive type of relationship that I had with myself. And I wasn't aware of it. But when you don't truly accept yourself and forgive yourself, then you can't truly love or accept others. It all starts with self-love. So after a safe, amazing marriage, it felt like I was still searching for something. Subconsciously, I was looking for that drama. So I got into a relationship that was a crazy passion and also very destructive, physically abusive, 
verbally abusive, financially abusive, you name it. And I don't blame the guy because he loved me very much. It was an addictive relationship. I subconsciously attracted that relationship in my life. I didn't realize that later on, but I just remember the moment because I was in that relationship for two and a half years and I started eating abusively. I started drinking alcohol every time I felt the pain. So that self-destruction now started showing on my body. I gained weight. I was eating a jar of peanut butter in two days (laughs) just to feel something. And I remember the moment. I'll never forget the moment. It was about noon. And I was still in bed. It was already sunny outside. The sun was coming through the window. I was feeling that warmth. And I could smell and taste the sweat of my body because I haven't taken a shower in several days. And I realized that I have been in some sort of depression. There was not a single person in the world I was speaking to at that time about what was going on in my personal life. I was really good to put a smile on and go out and work and then come home and numb my pain through food and alcohol. So I remember looking down the window and I said, why don't I just jump? Just make it easy for everybody, right? If a person that I love so much can treat me this way, then I must deserve it. Just like I deserve what happened to me in my childhood. And I looked down and then I started laughing because (laughs) I thought to myself, it's only the second floor. The best I can do is broke a few ribs and I still have to deal with myself (laughs) the rest of my life. And I didn't have a plan C. <laughs> so at that moment, something shifted in me. And I say it was God, we're angels, whatever you want to call it. That I remember that little girl that used to dream of a beautiful life, of doing everything possible and living a dream. And I'm like, I'm in the country where everything is possible. But somehow I attracted the very thing I ran away from. I promise to myself that I'll do everything in my power to find all the tools in the world, to heal my own heart, to forgive myself, to fall in love with everything that I am, the good and the bad, the dark and the light, to own who I am and never allow anybody in my life to treat me less than I deserve. And that was the true shift. That was the beginning of my spiritual awakening. That's when I became obsessed with reading every self-help book out there and going to trainings and getting certifications and finally finding a tool that helped me release all my childhood trauma on a subconscious level. And now I get to share it with my clients. Mm -hmm. And to me, that is beyond rewarding. That is worth every painful experience I've been through because I had to go through all of that as part of my training to become who I am today. I would love for you to go back to not really letting anyone in. And Mm. what was the shift that you're like, okay, I'm going to start to let people in. The shift was truly when I started accepting myself and looking in the mirror and loving who I was, not letting anybody in. It's, I was operating from complete left brainer side which is, you know, career and numbers and, you know, finances, there's very little heart. My heart had the biggest walls that you can imagine because opening your heart to somebody is the scariest thing if it's been hurt. 
Because once you open that, it's not only love. Heart holds anger, resentment, sadness. It holds all those emotions. So when you open it, you also have to deal with all the other stuff. So no, you know, every time I remember I would have girlfriends and, and I always had this charming personality that I would attract people. Like no matter where I go, I make friends really fast. But allowing them to come close, sharing them what it truly was, it was only with partners that I was involved with. I wouldn't allow friends to come close to me because at that time I didn't accept all of myself. The moment the shift happened when I finally shared the secret about my sexual abuse and I was forced to do that in front of 23 people. And when I saw that everybody was sobbing with me, they're all successful entrepreneurs. At that moment, I realized that being vulnerable it's a strength. It's not a weakness. And when I accepted that, I realized that everything that I've been through in my life up to that point, it's beautiful. It's a strength. It's not something that I need to be ashamed or guilty of. And pushing people away was mainly from the emotion of shame and guilt. I felt guilty about my whole childhood. I felt ashamed that somebody would do that to me. And when those are the most destructive emotions that you can hold, nobody should ever feel any shame or guilt. We are humans. We make mistakes and we move on. Uh, being able to forgive that in yourself and others, you release that shame and guilt and you move on. But if you hold on to that, then you're never really letting anybody come close. You can never truly love somebody fully. You'll always find something wrong in the other person as long as you have the guilt and shame within you. Does that make sense? Mm -hmm. it, was a, it, it, it was a long transformation. It's not something that happened overnight. Once I learned NLP and how to release that in myself, that's when I realized there is a quantum speed way of releasing that emotion. I don't have to go through years of learning in books and practicing on myself. I can just do it in a 30-minute session. That was the true discovery for me. And what advice would you give someone who's maybe going through what you were going through of like suppressing through food and alcohol? What advice would you give them? That there is another way. Reach out to me if you can. Find me on social media. Message me anywhere. There is a quick way of releasing that. And if I'm not the coach for you, then find somebody else that is. Because as long as you keep that in you, you're subconsciously going to attract more people in your life, more of the same type of relationships, and you're going to repeat the same pattern over and over again. See, when you break your hand, you go to the doctor to fix it. When your heart gets broken, when somebody or something hurts you, what do you do? You put a Band-Aid on. There is no, nobody's running out to a healer to release that. Or nowadays, some people are open to it. But most people, they deal with it. And by dealing with it, that means you surpass it with, you substitute with another emotion or you overwork yourself or you substitute with drugs, sex, alcohol, television. You're constantly keeping yourself busy. You don't allow yourself that time to really let those emotions pass. I mean, a simple tool that you can use every day Let's say somebody upset you this morning. Instead of thinking about it, 
just lay in the bed and allow those feelings to run its course. Within a few minutes, they're going to go. But once you start thinking about what you're feeling, that's when the trouble begins. Because how the body works, you first have a thought that produces a reaction in a body and that is followed by an emotion. Our mind is meant to fix problems that are like business problems, come up with strategies, plans, execution. Our mind is not supposed to resolve our heart problems. That's the heart's job. But now when we're feeling some pain, instead of allowing ourselves to feel that and run its course without analyzing or overthinking about it, now we're thinking about our feelings. And when you do that, you imprint that emotion as something really real. So if I ask you about something that upset you five years ago and you start talking about, you're going to feel it like it just happened just now. That means the emotion is still there that you're carrying and it's time to let it go. So if anything comes to the surface, if you can't reach out to somebody to help you to release that on a subconscious level, simply lay down and allow that emotion to run its course. Cry it out, whatever you need. Just don't think about it. Feel it. Don't think it. And when you train that muscle to do it every day, you'll be able to release anything that comes your way within seconds. Like somebody cuts in front of you in traffic. You're like, oh my God. And within seconds, you're like, okay, the anger is gone. Now I'm in love again. Now I'm happy again. It's okay to have a certain reaction because we are human. But being able to let go of that versus keeping it inside, coming home and telling your partners and, and, and complaining more and more hours about how somebody caught in traffic. Now you're solving your heart problems with your mind. And that's where the trouble begins. And I would love for you to go into your 30 days of healing and Ooh. the inspiration behind that and how they all came together. Oh, so about a month ago, I was in a meditation and with everything that is happening in the world right now, I wanted to do a challenge to help maybe different with different tools on how to improve your immune system. Because there's no reason to live in that fear of, you know, being afraid of getting a virus or something like that. If your immune system is strong enough, then you're going to be okay. So that was my idea behind it. And I went into meditation and I got this instinct that it's not nutrition or immune system that people need is love and healing. And I'm like, love and healing. Like, how can I do that? Because when I work with somebody one-on-one, my sessions are very different, but they are tools that people can practice every day until they have a chance to work with somebody like me. So I'm like, okay. And I'm, I truly believe to this point that I was guided every step of the way. I've never done a challenge before. And I started on my Instagram, which is Parks Veronica. And I did a 30 days of love and healing. So every day has a tool. And I promise you that if you apply every single one of those tools, after 30 days, you'll be happier, lighter, more lovable, and more joyful. They're simple tools that anybody can, can use. Now, the word behind it, I can't even explain. Like, <laughs> Even the like four minute video, that was like five hours of my work. I remember by day three and I'm like, what did I sign up for? Because on top of the private clients that I had and the other projects that I was working with, 
now I'm adding an extra three to four hours a day of work just to do this challenge. When you look at it, it just seems simple, but the amount of work that I had to put in, and I was guided every step of the way. Like sometimes I'm like, I don't know what else to share. And I'll close my eyes and I would say, God, give me the tool that the audience need to hear it at this moment on. And I'll just meditate for a few minutes and then I'll start typing and the things would just come through me. So oftentimes I tell people like, I don't even know if I can take credit for a lot of those because they came through me. I channeled a lot of that. And and I don't know if your audience is receptive to this, but when you learn to trust the flow, when you follow your instinct, you don't have to worry about what your next step is because they're all cheering on for you. All you have to do is lead with your heart, have the pure intention of helping somebody, and then you'll be guided every step of the way. And I have been. I, I did 30 days. I finished. I'm still alive. <laughs> so, um, inspired a few people, and hopefully more than I'll ever realize. And uh, it was worth it. It was really worth it. Mm. Advice would you mm. give someone who wants to fall in love with themselves? <laughs> well... First, I want to address the defensive mechanism because I have yet to speak to a person that would raise their hand and say, I don't love myself. It's rare that you meet somebody like that, and that's okay. But the question that I would ask, is there a relationship in your life, whether it's with your partner, with your kids, with your work, that it's treating you less than you deserve and if the answer is yes then you haven't fully learned how to love yourself because when you love yourself you learn and you realize how amazing how pure what a perfect creation of the universe you are you will never allow anybody to treat you less than you deserve one of the things that i had to learn and i usually steer away from religion because even God or spirit, whatever you call it, everybody has a certain emotional charge attached to it. And and I went through the same thing myself, seeing a lot of destructive stuff in, in religion. For me, God is the power of doing the right thing, the power of leading with your heart. And I truly believe that we are all God. We all have that peace. When I meet a person I look through their eyes and I see them as pure because they are a creation. They are exactly how they were meant to be. And when you realize that, and when you fall in love with that pure energy of whatever you call God, would you allow anybody to treat God less than? Because you are that energy and that love. And I understand that we're humans. We're all sent here to follow a purpose, to learn a lesson to break some cycles and doing emotional healing and timeline therapy is the quickest quantum way to get there faster. But when somebody misbehaves, when they're angry, when they're doing something that is hurtful to you, I want you to realize that it's never, ever about you. It's always about what they're dealing with. So somebody's misbehaving, I feel more love and empathy for them because I can only imagine how difficult their life is for them to behave in that way. Because if we all have the simple needs met, like water, air, food, 
and above all love and appreciation for ourselves first, we'll never behave less than God. So loving yourself, it's truly the seed of growth as a person. When people say, oh, I'm such a giver, I give to everybody and I please everybody and I do everything for everybody and nothing for myself, I want you to ask yourself why you're doing those things. Because the first person that you got to give to is you. When your cup is filled with love and spilling over, now you have so much more to give to others. True giving is unconditional. When you do all these things for another person, and subconsciously you expect them to give something back, it could be as little as appreciation, or a thank you, or gratitude, or acknowledgement. And if you don't get that back and you feel upset, like, oh, I did all these things for this person, they're not grateful, then you haven't truly gave to that person. You, you lend it to them. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. So it's very important to give yourself first, to honor yourself first, to love yourself first, to treat yourself the same way you would want to treat somebody else. That is the seed of true growth. And my mission in this world with all the tools and all the coaching that I do is to help people to fall in love with who they truly are. Because when I look at somebody, I feel their energy. I see how pure and amazing they are. I see their potential. And I want to help them to see themselves through my eyes. And if I do that, my day was worth living. Back to being in the marketing job. What was the moment where you're like, this is not the job for me. I know I'm meant for more. <laughs> oh, I struggle with that for a big portion of my life. Interestingly, you say that because as kids, it's actually scientifically proven that from zero to five or even seven, we know exactly who we're meant to be. And sometimes I even take my clients on a subconscious level and ask them, what was it that you wanted to be as a kid? Because truth of the matter is, That is who they're meant to be. So as a kid, I believed that I was a healer. And I would play with other kids around and somebody would be like, oh, my head hurts. And I'll be like, oh, let me put my hand hand over it and the pain will go away. And I'll do that. And they're like, oh, the pain is gone. But in my mind as a kid, I didn't know any better. So I thought we were just playing. And incident after incident would happen like that. And I wanted to, my biggest goal was to grow up and become a doctor and heal my parents or a doctor, whatever that meant in my head at that moment. But going through life and through society's expectations and environment, I went to business school. I went where the money was, <laughs> right? And coming to U.S., it came easy for me to go into marketing because I always had that charming, outgoing personality. I had the look. I had the drive. Marketing was perfect. I fit in. But I always had the nudge in my mind and in my belly saying that I was meant for something different than money, pursuing money and going after what the world or society wanted me to be was not the only answer. And that instinct just grew bigger and bigger and bigger over the years. And I remember it was, I think four years ago, it was a new year's Eve and I always set my goals for the year. I write them before midnight and then I read them at the end of the year to see how much I've accomplished. And I was one of my ex-boyfriends who is still one of my best friends to this day. 
And I started crying. I said, why can't I have a normal life? A simple, normal life like everybody else. Why do I feel like I was meant to do something different? That I'm supposed to share some big message that people need to hear. Who am I? Who needs to hear my truth? Like, who cares about my story? Those are the thoughts going through my head. And then I took the time and I started writing down all the things that I was good at. And then I wrote down all the things that I love to do. And I tried to find the top five that would intersect. And it had nothing to do with marketing, nothing to do with that career of making money. Even though making money, is a, it's, it's nice. <laughs> but that's not what my heart was. So I had, I think the three that I picked at that time was yoga, like self-growth meditation, like spirituality, dancing, which I kept as a hobby on the side, and helping people. I was always that smotherly nature, like always rushing to help somebody or give some good advice. That's been in my heart my whole life. We're taking something and making it better. So that was the beginning of my journey to find out what I was meant to do. But it was a journey because I, I did the marketing part and I was successful. I was really great. I built a great name for myself, but I was miserable. At the end of the day, I was exhausted. The work that I do today, I can have six healing sessions back to back. And at the end of the day, I feel like I'm so high on life. Like I'm joyful and happy. I don't get tired. Because I'm doing what I was meant to do. And when I was in marketing, the money was great. I had a great reputation. I had jobs all over the place. But I was not happy. I was not fulfilled. So ultimately, when people say like, oh, find your passion and the money will follow. I didn't believe that for a long time until I got to experience it in my whole life, in my, in my personal life. But it has to be something that comes from your heart. And that goes with the goals too. When people set goals, I always advise them, say, whatever your goal is, and say, for the highest good of all. Because when you set a goal, it has to be good for you, good for people involved, and good for the whole universe. And if it is, consider the goal already accomplished. Because it's only a matter of time. And what advice would you give someone who maybe right now they're in the place that you were before and they're in the marketing job and they're like, Mm -hmm. I'm really not meant to be in this marketing job, but I'm here and they want to be able to do work like you're doing right now. What advice would you give to them? I would say take some time, always take time to yourself and think. Call it meditation because most people, you know, have certain preconceived opinion about meditation, but just taking that time to think and Write down all the activities that you've ever done that made you lose track of time, that you would do it for free, that got you so fired up. Like if I were to ask you a question about a subject that you are passionate about, you would be able to speak for hours. Mm-hmm. The same thing if you're asking me like, oh, how can I release my anger, my anxiety, or my trauma? Like I could speak for days because I am so passionate about giving you examples after examples of transformed lives so find what those things what those activities are that make you get into the flow state where you lose track of time where you shine like there's this bright light just coming from within where you 
body it's all like you feel those butterflies like it's your first date when you forget to eat write those things down and see what you can come up with that could be a workable job that will also bring you money but when you're following the money without the heart you can't be fulfilled because no matter what toys you're going to buy the best car and you're going to buy the best house and you're going to you every couple of months you're going to need the new toy to fulfill that gap and you'll never be fulfilled. So find what moves you, what is in your heart and then make that workable. And you might take a few months, you might take a few years or get a coach and quantum speed that process. Again, always get somebody, an expert in that field that will help you get there faster because we don't know how long we're going to live. I can live 120 years or I can live two more months. Today is the day. Don't allow your happiness, your joy to stay, like don't allow anything to stay in the way of that because you deserve it. What advice would you give someone who tends to experience anxiety a lot? I used to have anxiety myself and I used to have, I realized that I was having a level of claustrophobia too. And for me, it was going in big crowds. I was dating somebody and I was always taken to these concerts And I had a hard time breathing, like I was getting anxiety attacks. And oftentimes, like I would have to drink a a cocktail or two just to calm down and feel okay. I didn't know there was anxiety. But ultimately, it comes from a fear. Our our imagination, our minds are, I don't know how many more generations of studying it will take for us to realize the extent and the power of our mind. Fear comes from imagining something bad happening. It's a false perception of the future, right? So when you have that fear now, it creates anxiety. You, you have that short breath and you're like, you can't breathe. Your whole body is, is tense. Finding the root cause of that, it's what truly is going to heal it. Because every time I encounter a client, They're like, oh, I deal with anxiety very well. I smoke weed or I do this or I do that. There's, that's not, that's only covering the symptom. But truly releasing the anxiety, you got to do it on a subconscious level. So through NLP, we go to a subconscious level on the first, very first time you felt anxious. That could have been, you know, when you were three, that could have been in your womb, maybe even past lives. I don't know, depending where your subconscious mind wants to go. But when you release that first anxiety trauma, now that creates a domino effect to this point on. I don't have anxiety anymore, but it used to be tough because I moved to LA and I would go to all these networking events and there were people I didn't know and I'm a trained extrovert. My natural ability is like my natural way is an introvert. So for me, going to networking events, meeting all these producers and directors and furthering my career, I had to speak with people. And I was anxious. Like my heart would beat like this. I couldn't breathe. I had to have two cocktails before I would even start speaking to somebody. Now, that's not a good way of living because those cocktails will catch up with you sooner or later. Smoking weed, the same way. So truly releasing that, it's got to happen on a subconscious level to find the very first time you felt that. And you might think you know where that com- that's coming from. It's probably way, way earlier than that. It could be in your womb. 
could be maybe your mother had an anxiety attack and you felt that and you took it as yours. And now you attract more circumstances in your life that make you feel that. But a tool that you can practice right away is obviously having a, a, a daily practice of breathing, deep, long breaths. Because what happens when you're anxious? Your breaths are short and shallow. You barely inhale into your throat, maybe your chest. So following that belly breathing, like take long, deep inhales, fill up the belly, like the Buddha belly, and then make you exhale really slow. And I share this tool in my 30 days of love and healing to do the box breathing. So mm -hmm. inhale for six, you hold for six, you exhale for six, you hold for six. You do that 12 times, no matter what anxious attack you have, it's going to disappear. But then again, that is only a tool to manage it, to truly release it. It has to happen on a subconscious level. And I truly believe that NLP is one of the best tools to do that with. And what is something that you're learning right now? What I'm learning right now, I just finished a 21 days of love and heal, oh, love and heal, 21 days of fasting. And for the last week, I was only drinking water. And my true goal behind that, even though a lot of people might think it's insane, was to release myself of the ego. So that is what I'm truly working on right now. And it's interesting because universe is sending me people from the past and circumstances that used to trigger me before so I can release that. Because anytime somebody says something to you, if you get triggered, if you get upset, that's not you getting upset. That's you feeding into the small ego. Does that make sense? Mm -hmm. Because we are in control of our body and our mind. And going through life, we build this ego that people are doing this to us and that person made me feel that way and that person did this to me. You gotta understand that you are the one driving the bus. You are responsible for how you feel. Watch one of those, um, you know, monks it doesn't matter what happens around. They have so much peace and tranquility from within. They're true masters at letting go of the ego. Now, for me to achieve that, it's probably going to take a few years of work. But at least I'm aware of when I fit into the ego. If something comes to me and I want to stand up for like, oh, this is wrong or this is not the way it's supposed to be, and I have to step back. Is this really important for me to be right? Am I fitting into the ego? What am I going to win out of? Being right, the necessity to be right, the necessity to control, that's fitting into the ego. So that is what I'm working on. And it's probably a lifetime mission. <laughs> and what are some books that have been life-changing for you? I'm a true avid reader. I go through 40 to 50 books a year. The one that had the biggest impact on me this year was The Power of Letting Go by, yeah, I think it was David Hawkins. And it truly goes into how obsessed we are to find the next tool and the next meditation, the next dance class, or the next thing to make us feel good and fulfill that gap when truly we have to find it within. 
first by accepting who we truly are. The next step is learning to forgive everyone that ever wronged us and let it go. That is hard work. And I usually take my clients to forgive on a subconscious level because if I have a conversation like this, they will find every excuse in the world why they can't forgive that person. Be only hurting yourself when you hold on to any negative emotion against somebody, it's only hurting you. That person might not even be aware of it. So that's why the book has been so transformational, just understanding that true work and true peace and love and happiness, it starts from you. Becoming neutral, not passive, not not caring, but neutral. When your heart is open and you steer away from judgment, criticism, analyzing, when you truly learn to listen, somebody, they will open up to you. I meet people within five minutes, a complete stranger, they tell me their biggest secrets. They're like, I don't know why, but I just feel so comfortable with you. Like, I could tell you everything. I'm like, I know. Because when you truly listen to accept somebody without judgment and criticism, knowing that they are perfect the way they are, understand why they are behaving the way they are behaving. That comes from truly knowing who you are. And that book will help you with that. And David Hawkins, he's got a, I probably read six of his books. His work is phenomenal. He passed away in 2012, but he left behind some beautiful, beautiful work that anybody could benefit from. So that would be the book that I would recommend. And what is something lighting you up right now? Uh, beside the light that I have, <laughs> <laughs> the LED ring light, <laughs> surrender. Mm surrender my true surrendering started a few months ago probably before covid and it was such a magical time to have that come as inspiration and when i say surrender i mean you do your part you do your work whatever project you work on you did your part surrender the rest of the universe not being attached to the outcome not having those expectations and allowing and trusting that whatever is the best outcome is going to happen. It's already done. Just truly surrendering to that moment, living in the present moment. Why do you think it's called a present? Because it's a gift. When you're stuck in a past, that leads to sadness and depression. When you're stuck in the future, that's where you get your anxiety, your fear. But when you're in a present moment, when you truly are here, when you truly connect with a person, the exchange of beautiful energy, that's a gift. We always rush to go to the next thing. You know, you're going to dinner and you're on your phone already making appointments for the next thing. Like you're not truly present in the moment. And it's tough because we're so overstimulated by all this technology around and this need of go, 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 go. What about stop and enjoy and smell the roses? That's beautiful. That's what lights me right now. <laughs> Just surrendering and expect and, and knowing that whatever is best for me and for the highest good of all, it's already mine. And what is something you're manifesting right now? Oh, I got to be really careful because... This month, the way the constellations are is the highest manifestation month probably in the past 40 years. So literally 
everything that I have in my mind, it's coming to my life within a few days. And I have to be really careful to only think about positive things. <laughs> I'm manifesting my ability to grow my tribe and be able to reach out with the words that people truly need to hear at the time they need to hear it. I do my part, whether it's through social media, through one-on-one -on -one coaching, through courses, through um, we're actually doing a retreat in November. I do my part and I trust that the universe will bring the exact right people they need to hear in that moment. That is my, that is what I'm manifesting. But those who need to hear it will come. And if you can go back in time, talk mm. to your 20-year-old self, what advice would you give her? 20-year-old. Oh, the 20-year-old was a happy camper. That was the first time I came to U.S. and I tasted freedom. <laughs> it was an interesting story because for the first time, we had, uh, we came with work and travel visa with seven of us. And we had a job at a restaurant. I was hired as a hostess at Joe's Crab Shack. And the extent of my English was, how many? Inside or outside, smoke or non-smoker. That's all I knew. <laughs> I was getting paid, I think it was $4.25 per hour. So we were making no money. And we had to live in one hotel room at the Econa Lodge. That's all we could afford. I think there were either five or seven of us in one hotel room. So sharing this story, you would think that I would have every reason in the world to be stressed, worried. How am I going to make the money back in three months that my parents paid for the visa and the airplane ticket to at least give that back? I was so happy. None of the people that I came with could understand. They're like, we're not making any money. We're eating the same. I had a piece of bread, Philadelphia cheese, bananas, and that ham that was $1. That was my breakfast, lunch, and dinner. That's all I could afford. Yet I was so happy. So I'm like, what do you mean? I'm in America. This is the country of any dream. I have amazing people around. We go out. We have fun. We dance. I eat food, packaged food. At that time for me, it was like, oh my God, like I wanted to try everything because everything looked so good on the package. Later on, I found out all the chemicals that I was putting in my body. But at that moment, I was so happy and I'm like, everything is going to work out. And later on, I realized having that attitude, being so joyful and so happy, I attracted people in my life that helped me. Within a few weeks, not only was I living in a two-story home by the lake with the most beautiful view and garden and everything that I could imagine, having a car to go to work, I got a new job that was paying me the double amount and was also helping me to stay the longest so I can get overtime for doing nothing, for pushing a button, literally. So later on did I realize that being so grateful for what I had, being so happy and joyful, I attracted everything that I needed and some. So keeping that positive attitude, being grateful for everything that you have, be grateful for your socks, be grateful for your eyes, be grateful for the littlest things. If you can express gratitude in every moment, that is going to tell the universe, oh, she's happy with it. Let's give her more of that.
you see beautiful car on the street, you're like, oh my God, that is so beautiful. I'm so happy for that car. Guess what? Probably within a few months, you're going to find a way to get a beautiful car for yourself. So expressing the gratitude, you'll attract more of the same thing and better. Be sure of that. And are there any questions that you wish I would ask you? Uh, what questions I would ask my 20-year-old? Probably the advice that I would give myself would be to trust and believe in me. I wish I had done that sooner. Questions? I don't know. I was so thirsty to explore the world, this whole new world. I already, I had a lot of questions then. <laughs> <laughs> so probably advice, not questions. Yeah, the advice would be to truly believe in myself that knowing that everything that I need is already within me, that looking outside myself for validation or for things, I'm only wasting beautiful years of my life because everything that I need, I already have. That's if I'm speaking to anybody that is in their 20s, (laughs) including you, that's probably the best thing that I can share is that you already have everything that you need. Now package that into something that is tangible and bring it to the world because those people are ready to consume what you have to offer. We all have something to offer. Find what that genius is for you. Package it. Market it. Thank you so much for doing this. It's my absolute pleasure and honor. (laughs) I love your glow, by the way. (laughs) I made you I made you very dream. <laughs> I have that effect. I have that effect on my life and and that's why I probably live the life that I live. And in any way I can help share that dream and inspire you to follow your dream. I'm very grateful for that. I'm grateful for this opportunity. Thank you. Where can people connect with you? Um, my website will be a great place, vpexclusive.com. And social media, it's all Parks Veronica, P A R K S Veronica. Mm-hmm. Uh, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, YouTube, all of that. I don't hide. <laughs> Thank you guys so much for listening. I'd love if you can leave me a review on iTunes. Please feel free to share it with any friends you think the story would resonate with. I hope you guys have a great rest of your day.